Father, we just honor you this morning. We thank you, Lord, that as we gather this morning in your name, our desire, Lord, is to hear from heaven. Our desire is to hear you speak, Lord. Our desire is that our hearts be aligned with you, Father. Let your kingdom come and your will be done in this house today. Holy Spirit, have your will in every way. Do what you need to do. We honor you, we magnify you, and we glorify you in Jesus' name. We all agree and say, <clears throat> amen and amen. You may be seated this morning. As you can see, our spiritual parents are not in the house this morning. Amen. They're taking a well-deserved break. Praise the Lord. We know God is just restoring them and setting things straight in the season. Um, Apostles have been preparing and ministering practically every day. Um, we're so far ahead. <laughs> with the content that has been developed um, but he's been praying for us as a church he's been praying for us to come through the season he's been praying for us to get connected with what God wants to do in the season he, their hearts are really for you I want you to know that this morning their hearts are really really for you it's their desire to see each and every one of us excel and become all that God has called us to be amen so they're pressing in for us and my prayer for them in the season is that God would just restore. Amen. God would refresh them. God would give them rest. Peace upon their minds. I know there's a great work that God has called them to accomplish. Amen. But God is able. Amen. So Father, we just lift them up in prayer this morning. We thank you for their lives, God. Thank you for giving us the very best. We pray now, Father God, that you provide them with the rest and the restoration that they require. Thank you, Father God, that you strengthen them, that you give them peace, O oh God. Bless them profusely. Them, their household, their children, and everything assigned to them, Father God. I thank you, Lord, for their lives. I thank you, Father, that you continue to speak to them, Father. And reveal the mysteries to them. In Jesus' mighty name. We all agree and say, Amen and Amen. Aren't the youth just amazing? And you know when I say youth, I'm speaking about myself, right? Because I fit into the category. Don't you dare judge me and laugh. All you say is Amen now. Amen, Amen, Amen. amen. I'm so excited for the young people of this ministry. God is doing something amazing. Um, and it's such a privilege to be able to walk with Him. Amen. And just see what God does in and through their lives. Their faith is phenomenal. The way they just desire God. The way they run after God. The way they want more of Him. It's just phenomenal. And um, there's something I said last week. I said, you know, if you... If you, if you if you deal with the youth as your replacement, you will never invest in them now. It will always come later. But if you deal with them as the reinforcement, then the investment starts today. Amen. Their journey doesn't start tomorrow. Their journey starts now. Amen. And so I get excited when I see them up on the stage when they're worshiping God, when they're playing the instruments, when they're sharing the gospel when they're praying, when they're getting up, when, they, when they're engaging with the season. It's super exciting for me. You know, I, I, can't, I don't want to use the word regret, but I want to say that if I had that when I was their age, Jesu, <laughs> the decisions that I could have made, amen, the choices and the road that I could have taken, and I know God can use whichever way. I'm not, I'm not disputing that. It's just that that in itself burns a fire on the inside of me to say that it's now for them. So even as I minister this morning, I want to encourage each and every person in this house. This word is for both young and old. But I want to encourage you that in this season to take note of the next generation. Don't just pass them by. See how you can engage and be a part of what's happening in the season. This, this ministry is very youth-orientated. There's a lot of young people in this church because they're drawn to the truth. We haven't structured anything in a way to make this church young. Amen. 
It's just they want the truth, man. Amen. And it's our responsibility as a generation here to make sure that it gets to them. So for every person sitting here, make sure that you're there on the 24th. We should be sitting in the church and not in the foyer on the 24th. Because everybody connected to this house should be serving in some way, shape, or another. Amen. Amen. Hussein Bolt breaking the world record 100 meter sprints was phenomenal. Correct? It was like levels. I didn't think somebody could run that fast. You know what I'm saying? And when you look at his life, when, when, we, when we look at what he did, the only thing to describe him is he's not normal. You know what I'm saying? He's not normal. When I look at uh, uh, Lionel Messi, now for all you Ronaldo fans, just keep it, keep it. When you look at Lionel Messi, you see the short guy who doesn't look like a sportsman Come on. at all. Come on. Yet he's a total anomaly to the system. Can do stuff that you'd never thought possible with a football. He's not normal. Amen. There's a youngster that they say that in South Africa is in grade four. I think he can do complex mathematic calculations faster than a programmed calculator. He is. Say it louder. There's so many people that, I mean, if you look at the World Guinness Book of Records, if you had to go through there, you'll find so many people that are total anomalies to the system. Standouts, outliers, people that have, ex, have done extraordinary feats. And the only thing for me to describe them is not normal. Yet, it's nowhere near to what we read even in the account in the Word of God. Because when you look at David who was 17 years old, goes up against a giant that is approximately 2.4 meters, that's taunting a nation. Hear me? Taunting a nation. Not even just one or two. He's taunting the whole army. You've got a youngster that's willing to stand up and say, I'll take you on. He goes to the battlefield, slings that stone, smashes him in the head, takes his own sword and kills him. That's not normal. It's not normal. It's an anomaly. Amen. And there's many others in the word of God that if you were to go through piece by piece. How about Moses? Takes the people. Great deliverer. Super miracles takes place by his rod. Amen. Comes to the Red Sea and standing there and the enemies behind him and they're standing and the Red Sea is in front of him. He's got nowhere to go. He says, God, what must I do? He says, lift your rod. Point it at the sea. He does what God tells him to do and what happens? The sea opens up. They all go through. They come to the other side. The sea closes on the enemy and in one moment they strip Egypt of all the wealth. They come out onto the other side. The enemy is destroyed. That is, now you're getting it. You got the Israelites that go into the promised land. They're standing. Joshua says, listen, your God told me, you listen now. You keep your mouth. You walk around this world seven days. And on the seventh day, we're going to walk around seven times. And at the seventh time, when I tell you, you're going to shout. And when you shout, the walls are coming down. They said those walls were so wide that chariots with horses could ride on those walls. So it's not a Mickey Mouse little wall. It was a massive stronghold. And through one shout, the walls came tumbling down. That's not normal. How about Daniel who was persuaded by his faith and he said, I'm not going to bow to you and goes and gets thrown into the lion's den and the angels, because of his faith in God and because of his willingness to stand, they shut the mouth of the lion and he comes out the next day. Not normal. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego get thrown into the fire. The Bible says that the fire was so hot that the people that threw them in got burned to death. Yet they were thrown in bound. And later the king said he looked into the fire and there was the three of them walking free. What someone that looked like the son of man. You telling me that is not normal. For 
fast track and go to the New Testament, you got Peter who had divine encounter with Jesus, walked with Jesus. The Bible says that people even came to lay the sick in his shadow. They laid the people in the street. Why? Just so that his shadow, your shadow's got no it's got no, uh, what you call it now, matter. There's nothing to your shadow. There's no essence. Yet if it just fell on the people, they got healed. It's not normal. You got Paul who wrote two-thirds of the, of, the, of the New Testament. The Bible says that, the Bible says, the Bible says, the Holy Scripture says that God did unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. Even so that they could take a piece of his clothing or a handkerchief and send it out. And when it came to that person lying on their deathbed, hear me, the minute they touched that thing, because they made contact with the anointing of God upon his life, the Bible says that they came and they got their healing. That's... You want to talk about Hussein Bolt? What about Philip? Who could run next to a chariot to share the gospel? That's... Then there is the one, the ultimate, the greatest of all time. Jesus, the Messiah. Hear me. Walked on earth and wherever he went, miracles, signs and wonders. <laughs> wherever he went, the dead were raised, the blind would see, the deaf would hear, the lame would walk, the maim would restore, lepers were healed and set free. Come on. The provision was there wherever he went. That's not even it. He said, I'll take all the sin of the world. I'll take it in my body. Some scholars believe that the fact that he took all that curse into his body, it became so disjointed and dismantled. We've got a nice picture that the people put up in the religious circles to see Jesus hanging on the cross, but it's not true. His body must have been mangled and meshed because of the curse that he received because of the sin of the whole world. He stood there and he said, God, not my will, but your will be done. He was willing to die for you and me. He went to the cross. He died on Calvary, went down into the pits of hell when the enemy thought it was over he said ha ha I'm coming here to strip you devil and he became the healer the restorer the redeemer he stripped out of death and the grave in the name of Jesus and when he came up with resurrection power he said now if you believe in me that same power that raised me from the dead will live in large inside of you come on now he is not normal Why am I saying this to you? Because the problem is that the church is too normal. We look like everybody else. We function like everybody else. And the not normal label that they attach to us is the wrong not normal. Yet, we were supposed to emanate Christ. He said, he said, what did he say? He said, he said, the things that I do, you will do and greater where is that in the house of God where is that in the church today where is that in the house of God come on now where is that why are the people looking at us and saying that it doesn't matter whether you serve God or not because they look normal just like everybody else come on now you see God is doing something new in this season in this house He's doing something fresh in this season, in this house. And I'm not saying it's not happening anywhere else. I'm not, I'm not by no means saying, look, I do feel like a favorite many times. I'm not, I'm not an angle. I do feel like a favorite. I do, I do feel like, you know, like I'm so special to God. The Bible says that we're the apple of His eye. So He's got the ability to love everybody specially. Amen. I just believe we're very special. Don't judge me. But God is doing something so unique and so powerful in the season in this house. That for me, the greatest challenge is that if we had to normalize it, you would never experience what God is busy doing in the season. Because the season would pass you by. Go to Matthew chapter 9 verse 17. Jesus says, nor do they put new wine, say new wine, into old wineskins or else the wineskins break. The wine is spilled 
and the wineskins are ruined. But they put new wine into new wineskins and both are preserved. There's a new wine that God is pouring out in this season upon this house. There's a new that God is pouring out in this house. But the problem is not so much the fact that the new wine is being poured. It's the wineskin. You see, and if you go into the season like it's normal, it's going to pass you by. Why? Because the one who made the new wine, it would be irresponsible of him to put that new wine into an old wineskin. Why? Because it's going to be spoiled. Not only the wine, it says the wineskin in itself. So I want to say to you in the season that you've got to engage with God differently. You've got to press into what God is saying in the season. My desire is that every person sitting in this house will be a part of the move of God in this next season. That nobody will fall short, nobody will miss out. And this is not about perfection, people. This is about engagement. Are you with me? This is about engagement. This is about changing your posture. Changing your perspective. Looking at things differently. Are you with me? You cannot come to church as per normal. We cannot gather as per normal. That song says, I love it. And it says, with all this faith in the room. Hey! Of course you must be healed. Because this is not normal. Us sitting here is not normal. I'm getting a bit ahead of myself. Jesus is helping me. Amen. But God, in this season, the limitations that you've been living under needs to break. Hear me? Where the enemy has been trying to keep you under, been trying to normalize you, it must break now. But you have to make the decision and say to yourself, I'm not normal. Say it out loud. Now I'm going to help you to not be normal in the right way. Amen. Because signs, wonders, and miracles should be the normal for your life. Wherever you go, atmospheres should change. When you walk in a place, the anointing of God must permeate that place that people must sense the presence of God and know that there's something different that is walking in the room. Why? When they look at you and they say that this person is not normal. Amen. And I want to deal with a few things this morning that I believe that if we start to catch a basic understanding of these things, it's going to help us to divinely align with the season. The reason why I believe I'm sharing this word with you today for young and old is because God is on the move. God is on the move. He's not going to move. He's on the move already. The new wine is being poured out whether you like it or whether you don't. It's being poured out now. Our decision and our choice in this season is to align with that word and say, God, I make, make me the new wineskin that can receive this new wine for the season that we are in. Amen. So let's go. I'm going to give you a few elements that we need to deal with in order to take you and transition you into what God has got for you. Number one, you, you are not normal. As a generation, are so conscious of everything, how we look, how we speak, how, what people think of us. And we can't fill the void with other people's opinions of what they think, how we should speak. There's no other place that you can fill the void but in Christ. And I'm not trying to give you a church answer. I'm telling you this because I've been through it. I've been there. And I want to share this with you. And I want to share me with you. (sighs) I had to make that decision to not fill the void of people's opinions. I had to make that choice because I was in such a place where I cared what people think. I was trying to fit in with my generation and I just couldn't get it right. It was so, so overwhelming. And I had to sit in the word one day and I was just so tired of living such a mediocre life and just caring about what people think. And I had to sit with God and I sat in the word and I said to God, I'm not leaving here until you tell me what my identity is. I'm not 
believe in here. If this word thing is working for everybody else, if it's working for Pastor B, if it's working for Aaron, if it's working for Apostle, if it's working for my dad, it has to work for me. It has to work for me. And because of my authority and my demand on the word, God revealed it to me in that moment. And now I can just sit and I can speak the word. I can speak Psalm 139, verse 3 to 16 in the message version. It says, Oh yes, you shaped me first inside, then out. You formed me in my mother's womb. I thank you, high God. Your breathtaking body and soul, I am marvelously made. I worship in adoration. What a creation. You know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how it was made. But by but, how I was sculpted from nothing into something. Like an open book, you watched me grow from conception to birth. All the stages of my life were spread out before you. The days of my life all prepared before I even lived one day. And it didn't happen overnight. I didn't just have this. I didn't just know my identity overnight. I had to constantly stay in the Word and meditate on it. And I had to remind myself of what the Word says about me when I felt like everything was going back to normal and I felt overwhelmed. I had to remind myself what the Word says. And it became easier to take every negative thought captive. It became easier to shut down everyone's opinions about me. And to be honest, it's proven to be so even in the natural for example, if you own a BMW, you're not gonna, if, and if it's broken, you're not going to take your BMW to Toyota to get it fixed. You're going to take it to its manufacturer. They know how it functions, and they know what certain parts, why certain parts are the way they are, why they fit into certain things. And that should be a reflection to us, that when we're going through things and we feel hurt and we feel broken, you go back to your maker. You go back to the person that knows how many hairs are on your head. The one that knows you, that the one that knows you and knows the way you think. The one that knows each and every one of us better than we know ourselves. And the word says in Jeremiah 21, verse 5 in the Amplified, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you and approved of you as my chosen instrument. And before you consecrated you, and before you were born, I consecrated you to myself as my own. I have appointed you as a prophet to the nations. So God knew us before we even knew us. So it's comforting knowing that God never made a mistake with our lives. God is not a man that he should lie. He said in his word in Jeremiah 29 verse 11, For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, plans for peace and well-being and not for disaster, to give you a hope and a future. And God says, I honor my word above my name. So rest assured that God's promise is forever. He will never leave us nor forsake us. It's so important to get our identity right at our age so we can walk in the design, plan, and will for God of God in our lives. There's no time to play church and figure it out later. The devil isn't figuring it out later. There's, he's, he's doing everything that he can to get you on his side, to get you into darkness. He doesn't care what age you are. He's working overtime to get you to be on his side. And if you know who you are in Christ, you can take authority over the devil. Not now, not ever, not me, devil. So the word that worked and is still working for me is also working for you. We are all born for a purpose and a time such as this. Let this be an encouragement to you to seek and step into your God-given identity and take on this world. Come on! Come on! That's not normal. Come on, you were never made like anybody else. The day you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, how dare you put yourself in the same bracket as everybody else? Everything shifted inside of you. I saw the transformation of that girl. 
and now God did a deep work inside of her that now on the external you see something completely different. Why? Because she knows who she is. Hear me. The minute you receive the wrong identity from the enemy and you accept the fact that you're normal, you will never experience all that God has got for you. You got to step into the not normal and say, I am not normal. I'm like no other. I'm made in the image and the likeness of God. I'm made in Christ Jesus. And wherever I go, whoever looks at me, when my Father in heaven looks at me, he sees Jesus on the inside. How can you make yourself like anybody else? How dare we? How dare we? How dare you think those thoughts of insecurities and insufficiencies and inferiority? How dare we think those thoughts? That's not how he made you. That's not his design for you. You made in the image and the likeness of God. You know I mean, if you're born again and you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then you are now empowered to be children of God, the Bible says. You are known. You know, it's like the power of the Our Father. Apostles teaching about prayer in the season. Our Father. Our Father. One thing is to acknowledge Him for Father, but when you call somebody Father, it means that you are a child. The person that you call Father immediately gives you your identity. Are you with me? The association with your father is your identity. So when I come and I say, my father, our father, daddy, what am I doing? I'm saying I'm your child. I'm reaffirming not only the fact that you are God and my father, but me, Brian, I'm your child. Amen. Don't you dare put yourself in the category with the rest of the world. They made their choice, and we trust in God they're going to change their decisions. Amen. For those that are in the world. But you're not normal. You know, some people heard, some people say, and I don't know if you've heard this before, they say, you know what? Man or humanity is so arrogant to think that this whole universe revolves around them. Oh, we didn't make it that way. Sure, if you want to believe you came from a monkey, then maybe you can have a different point of view. But not so in the kingdom. In Genesis chapter 1, you read how God creates the heavens and the earth. You see the power story of creation, how He puts everything into its place. Planets into orbit, sorts out the earth. Puts the water where the water must be. Put the atmosphere where the atmosphere must be. Put clouds where the clouds must be. And the lands became free. And then out of the lands, there was vegetation. And then there was animals. And everything was put in its place. And then he says, now that everything's ready, I'm going to make what I really wanted to make. I'm going to make man in my image and in my likeness. An offspring of God in the earth. Think about it. Yes, Adam messed up, but Jesus restored it. That's why we have a new birth. But you come exactly back into that place. Of the picture that he had when he desired to make man. And he said, Let them have dominion. We didn't say so. So all of creation is waiting for the sons of God to be made manifest. Why? Because we are the ones that have been ordained by heaven itself to be extension of his kingdom and rule upon the earth. Psalms 115, 16 says, The heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's. But the earth He has given to the children of men. God designs everything for us. Amen. He puts everything in its place for us. Everybody's God's creation, but not everybody's God's child. The day you choose in the Bible says you, be, you have the power to become a child of God. So we should be walking differently. We should be looking differently. Second Peter 1 verse 2 to 4 says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. Keep going. As His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue. By which we by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. That through these you may be what? 
partakers of the divine nature. You have a divine nature. You are not normal. Listen to me. You are not normal. I don't care what your friends have told you. I don't care what people out there have said about you. I don't care even how you look at yourself. By measuring yourself incorrectly by what the world says you must look like. I've come to tell you today. There is a born again child of God. You have a divine nature and you are not normal. I love what she said. I've got to go back to the word and reinforce. I've got to tell myself this is who I am. You see, for if you look at what look at what's happening with the next generation, it's like I can't even fathom some of the stuff that's being said or being spoken. Or be, it's like I'm thinking, how could you even have got there in your brain? Just logically, it's like let's throw logic even out of the window. Why? It's an identity crisis. They don't know who they are. And the problem is when they're looking at the church, the church looks just as confused as the world. Not so in this house. When they look at you, they say, this person is not normal. And not in a bad way. You know what I'm saying? They should look and say, but there's something upon this person that I actually need to have for myself. Why are they behaving the way they're behaving? Why are they making the decisions the way they're making their decisions? Why are they, why do they keep themselves the way they keep themselves? Why are they, why are they doing what they're doing? Why does their life seem so much more different to them, to mine? I think it was Francis of Assisi, he says, preach the gospel at all times and when necessary, use words. They should see it in you. Amen. They should see it in you. The deal is that when you break out and you dig into the word and you say, God, like she said, I mean, how young was she when she did that? I don't even know. Tristan, where were you? How old were you? Fifteen. You have adults that don't even know who they are. Fifteen and said, I'm making a decision because I'm seeing it happening here. These people are not normal. So why must I be normal? You see, you cannot break into the new when you're going to hold on to the old. If you don't change the way that you see yourself even in the season, your behavior will never change. Are you with me? Something's got to happen inside of you. You've got to get to the word. You're young and old. Don't allow the season to pass you by. Don't allow the season to pass you by. Become the wineskin that God has got in store, that God has ordained for you to be. And get into the word and fix that thing. Amen. Number two, don't be normalized. Pastor, I just want to say something. It's only tough until you actually make the decision. You will be quaking in your boots, I can, tr- I can tell you that. But I promise you, once you take the step and you just make the decision, you can literally see God's promises unfolding in front of your own two eyes. This is not to say, though, that after making the transition, that you won't experience difficulties. Because you will. Because the enemy will do whatever he can to stop you from getting into what God has for you. Mm. The difference is, now that you've seen God and that your relationship with him is active, you know that he's got your back and he's got your front. So no weapon formed against you can prosper. In my case, once I realized that I wanted to pursue a life in Christ, I knew that meant that I had to distance myself from my closest friends at the time. And that was the most difficult decision for me. I could see that the lifestyle that they were living and the lifestyle I was following with them was leading me astray and I didn't want that. I had seen God literally move mountains for people my age, and that's what I wanted. I knew I wanted to come into what God has for me, but I was afraid to make the move because I also knew that I had to completely detach myself from worldly stuff. You cannot belong to two kingdoms at one time, nor can you sit on the fence because there is no fence. If you don't belong to the kingdom of God, by default, you belong to the kingdom of darkness. So for me, that meant no more party girl lifestyle, no more city girl activities, no more doing things for the validation of the world. Just because it was trending and if you do these things, you'll be accepted. 
The Bible says in Romans 12 verse 2, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. When you renew your mind in Christ, your perspective on everything changes and your heart's desires change. I was a people pleaser, especially with that squad, so it was really daunting for me. I also didn't want to seem crazy because of the quick, drastic change that I made. I mean, one day it's New Year's Eve, I'm on Long Street, living my life, and then two weeks later, I can't even think of anything to say to them. To them, it seemed like I'm just ghosting them after mentioning that I want to get closer to God. And that was my fear, that they would think that you have to live a boring lifestyle and you must become a nun and you become isolated from the world when you get closer to God. But that's not the case. He saves us and He protects us and He replaces the fake things that we thought make us with real power and real love. God had actually replaced those people with somebody who had found their feet in the spiritual journey. And so immediately, my concern with being alone was eliminated. This person encourages me to do the simplest of things, like praying before I go to bed and spending time with God when I wake up in the morning, and most importantly, to read my Bible. Because if you can't hear God, you read God. Ever since, I've seen drastic changes in my life, all because I decided to transition from being God's child to being God's creation. And because I'm now His child, even though I don't get it right all the time, and I sometimes stumble, as my father, he still loves me, he still has my back, and I know that he won't leave me on red as long as I stay close to him. The Bible is so powerful, and it's practical. It has the answer for every situation and circumstance. Because God is his word, and his word is the Bible, why not go to the creator of all things to find the answers you're looking for? The more I spend time in his word, the more my relationship with him grows. And when I clock that that same Holy Spirit power that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of me and that God can hear me and He loves me more than anybody on this planet can, I took that and I ran with it. I needed to tell everybody because I needed them to feel the same way that I felt. And so if you take anything from what I've just said, do it. Make the decision to transition to the kingdom. It may feel scary, but that's just the enemy trying to hold you back by whatever he can hold. Know that God's perfect love casts out all fear. And once you understand that and lean upon that perfect love, any other decision, situation, or circumstance can't even come near your boots to shake your boots. Amen! Come on! Come on! Hey! You cannot belong to two kingdoms at the same time. Oh, she gave me a nugget this morning. Ah, you cannot belong to two kingdoms at the same time. She, go to Romans chapter 12 verse 1. It's what she shared this morning. Go to 12 verse 2 in the Amplified. You cannot hear me. Look at your neighbor and say, you cannot belong to two kingdoms at once. It says, do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs, but be transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind, the new wineskin, by its new ideals and its new attitudes, so that you may prove for yourselves what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in His sight for you. You want purpose, then you can't be normalized. The minute you you, you choose to submit yourself to the world, to its customs, to its norms, and you become normalized, you cannot fulfill your purpose. Hear me. It takes the not normal to fulfill purpose and destiny. Like her, you've got to get up and say, I'm not going to live this way anymore. Whether it's a friendship, whether it's the system, whether it's whatever it is that's trying to hold you back, you've got to get up today and say, no longer am I going to stay in this place, and no longer am I going to allow the enemy to normalize me. You see, some people are so fearful from taking the step and shifting to all that God has got for them. It might be a relationship that you know is not good for you. Those people are trying to normalize you. Show me your friends or show me your future. It's true. I didn't want to hear it when my parents told me. And now I understand. 
But it's the truth. Don't allow the enemy to normalize you. You got to get up, hear me today. Even for those that are stuck in the system of this world. The apostle always says you can, people have switched uh, kingdoms, but they have not switched systems. You see, you can be delivered from the kingdom of darkness and translated into the kingdom of his dear son. The challenge is whether you can put all your faith, hope, and trust in that system to produce everything that you need for your life. Are you with me? I love what you said. You cannot be in both. And if you are thinking you're sitting on the fence, by default, the kingdom of darkness is controlling you. You know why they want to normalize you? It's to control you. For no other reason, just listen to this. Where's this thing? The definition of normalized. Bring or return to a normal or standard condition or state. It's to standardize everybody. In statistics and application of statistics, normalization can have a range of meanings. In the simplest case, a normalization of ratings means adjusting values measured on different scales to a nationally common scale, often prior to averaging. He wants to make you common and he wants to make you average. When you submit yourself to that world system, it's got one thing in mind. It's going to dumb you right down to what it wants to say about you. And then it's going to on a mission to control you. You see, as much as you're saying, young person out there, as much as you're saying that my friends, Achwen, we don't, whatever, glue my friend. I said the same stuff. And it took me years to get out of that place. But where are they going? How many times do you do things that you know you're not supposed to do inside of you? then you just go with it because you don't want to feel left out. You don't want to be the anomaly. You don't want to be the not normal. What do they want to do? They want to keep you in their system so that you're going to look like them, be like them. Are you with me? The whole plan is to make you normal. But God says you're not normal. You are chosen people. My chosen people, he says. Don't allow people or the system of this world to push you down and say, this is how you must be. You see, as tough as that decision was for her, it's very difficult for many others sitting in this place. And many of you have refused the transition, but not so in this season. You've got to get up in the season and you've got to do what God has called you to do. Amen. But it's going to mean that you've got to break free from certain things. You've got to think about everything that you're thinking about. And transform your mind according to the word of God. You see, the minute you think you know, you're deceived. It's when you can stand before God and say, okay, God, in this season, do what you need to do. In this season, work what you need to work. Amen? In this season, I'm separating myself from these people. I'm making that decision. I'm choosing a different way. Why? Because I'm not normal. And I'm not going to allow the enemy to normalize me. I'm not going to allow you to put me under and make me feel like everyone else. Because my daddy in heaven, he never said so. It's not his ordained life for me. Amen. We need to move. And then number three. A not normal obedience. Now many of you don't like... points in time, God will demand a different version of you for the season you're either in or about to come into. Oftentimes, this version of the person we must become involves processing. And this processing can only come through the word of God. The difference between glory and grace is process. And oftentimes, and most apostle tells us, right believing leads to right living for the longest time I've been here for I think what the past 8 years like this is my ninth year 
and I've come in and out of seasons. And as I come in and out of seasons, I've had to ask God to do a work inside of me for that very season. I got married, had a child, all these other things. And at all those points, I needed God to do something inside of me. As a young person, I needed God to give me word for every single day. Because really, Pastor Brian always says, if you don't have word, my man, this is his voice, literally. If you don't have if you don't have word, my man, what are you gonna do? What literally what are you gonna do? Because honestly, the world is going dark. Dark mode. Not the phone dark mode. But literally the world is going dark. And I'm not talking load shedding. I'm talking the world is going dark. And if you don't have word which gives you light, what are you gonna do what are you gonna do so in every season as I come in and come out and I ask God to process me God to make a different version of me for the season that I'm in I've had many challenges many difficult moments many moments where I've had challenges with Pastor Brian himself where it's always it's like yo, things are knocking something is not happening yet Something is not working right. It's either a flaw in your work or your work in itself is just like poor. So we handle the media in this place and we handle media for other clients as well. And as I said, in various seasons, God had to process me and I needed word. For the various clients that came in, there was a time where it's like smooth sailing, everything is going well and everything is just like, yeah, we're cruising nicely. We're producing results left, right, and center. And then it gets to a point where those results are like, okay, we, we know you can do this now. But what else can you do? What else can you give us? What else can you show us? It's, it's almost as if the manner that we used to give them has gone stale. And it's of no effect, no use anymore. And I need at that moment to go into my prayer closet and be like, yo, Lord, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's tough right now. And I need word. And I need word to help me out of this moment. I need word to impact these people. Because my work is anointed. I believe that. I believe that. I am anointed and I'm called for a time such as this. And I believe that everything that I'm given I need to execute with the anointing. But if I don't have word in that season, I can't do anything. Quickly, guys, at the back, give me the scripture. Um, Chronicles 20, verse 20. I'm going to put pressure on you like Apostle Max puts pressure on us every Sunday. Yeah, let's go. All right. So, 2 Chronicles 20, verse 20 says, so they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jeh, that guy stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. This is the part. Believe in the Lord your God and he shall establish you. But not only that, believe his prophets and you shall prosper. And so, funny enough, this peace is the one that matters the most. Believe his prophets and you shall. Exactly. So at many times I'm faced with your Lord. What is the word that is coming from the apostle's house? What is the word that is coming from this house? What is the word that is coming from this house? Because this word comes from this prophet. And this word will cause me to prosper. And so if I'm sitting in a place and I'm challenged with clients and I'm like, yo, Lord, I don't know what to do. What is the word? The word is authority. The word is that we pray. And so when I pray, I pray with a different authority and I can change things. Not only in my circumstances, not only in my environment, in my life, in my marriage, in my child's life. So the enemy has no grip on me. Why? Because I believe in his word and it's establishing me. But I believe in the word of the prophet and it's causing me to prosper. Causing me to prosper in everything. 
in everything. You know, this morning, I was sitting and I was challenged and I'm like, yo, Lord, I don't know what to do right now. I don't know if I'm going to be able to come in and do what you need me to do for your people. There's a generation that needs to hear what God has to say right now. There's a, you know, there's people that don't know how to pray. We pray, but we don't know how to pray. And I'm like, yo, Lord, there's a word that is coming from your prophet in this season. And it's changing my life. I'm seeing the effects. I'm seeing the fruit of that word. The word that is causing me to prosper. <laughs> it's causing me to prosper. But there's somebody else that doesn't know. There's somebody else that hasn't seen. There's somebody else that hasn't heard. And I'm like, Lord, I don't want to let you down this morning. I don't want to fail you. And in the same manner, I had to go back to the word that will establish me for this moment. The word that will establish, already the word of the prophet is causing me to prosper, but I need a word right now to establish me, to do what God will call me to do, what God will have me do in this generation. You need a word, young man, young lady. You need a word right now to establish you. And in all honesty, we're tired of playing games. I'm tired of playing games. And so I went to the word, and this is what the word said. Okay, Lord, I need a new phone, so you got me right there, right? The word. <laughs> if it's in 1 Peter 4, verse 14. Let's go, guys, quickly, quickly. <laughs> 1 Peter 4, verse 14. Thank you, guys. I love you, the best team in the world. <laughs> it says, if you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you. For the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. On your part, on their part, he is blasphemed. But on your part, he is glorified. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, oh, Jesus, oh, you got me. Even if I make a mistake, you are glorified in this moment. So that word is establishing me. In whatever flaws I believe I have, God is taking glory in this moment. And saying, listen, whoever you are right now, wherever you are, constantly pursue the timing of God. Because God has something for you in a season. And you have to, listen, you have to, have to be attentive to God's word in that season because that word will cause you to prosper that word will establish you that word will allow you to have victory over your circumstances you have to constantly be in alignment with God's timing timing is everything they say timing is everything everything and even with God it's no different it's no different that he'll even say haven't you been called for a time such as this? A time such as this. And so in many seasons as I bob and weave and I come in and out and I'm like, yo Lord, where am I? What are you doing? I don't want to miss out on your move in this generation. I don't want to miss out on your move in my life. I don't want to go around the mountain another season. So Lord, help my unbelief. Fix inside of me the correct attitude and posture. Show me in your word the word that will establish me. Because right now, those clients need an answer. Pastor Brian needs an answer. And you know, for all those who've worked with Pastor Brian, you know how Pastor B is when he needs an answer. Listen, my man, you better get that thing right. He needs an answer right now. And so where do I draw from? I draw from the word. I draw from God. I'm like, God, give me the answer for this situation, for this problem. Because I know I've been called for a time such as this. And you know, you should know that you have been called for a time such as this. And God will do inside of you inside of you as long as you engage with this word in the timing and in the season like the word says it will prosper you God will do inside of you what you can't even do for yourself understand so generation my generation my generation this generation God has called us for a time such as this 
there is no time to waste there is no time to be playing around and playing games if their word is saying it's time to pray we're getting up in the season and we're praying differently we're coming with an authority we're coming with an expectation we're gonna pray in jesus mighty name there is no time to play games we're coming for everything everything amen amen you can take your battery back I love that. The word is being preached in the season. There's a prophetic word over this church. But you see, you need a not normal obedience to heed the voice. You need a not normal. It's a season where you got to get up and pray. Hear me? It doesn't matter if you understand it completely. Or why does apostle say this is now? Why must I now get up early in the morning? No, just get up and do what is being said for you to do in the season. Because there's a glory that God is looking for in the next season of your life. That the enemy will try to hold you from. It's to connect with what God is doing in the season. Hear me? Grace is there. There's no issue. I say to many people, I say the fact that God loves you, that's not an issue. Settle that because He did it. He did everything He needed to do. Grace did everything already. There's nothing that grace must still do for you. God did everything for you on the cross. It's complete. The full provision, the full healing, the full life, everything that you could ever dream or desire that's in the kingdom that God has assigned to you was done there. Are you with me? But in this season, God is looking for glory. Go with me to John chapter 15. It says, I am the true vine and my father. Ooh, Abba. I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch, hear me, that bears fruit, he does what? He does what? He cutteth. Yeah, you must use the King James. He cutteth. That it may do what? Bear more fruit. Keep going. You are already clean because of the word which I've spoken to you. You are already cut when you receive the word that I have for you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. You abide in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this, read this with me, by this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. God's looking for fruit. When you bear the fruit of the kingdom, people will look at you and say that this is not normal. Are you with me? When people look at you and see you bearing the fruit, they'll say this is not normal. This is what God requires people. You hear me? When the word comes, you see, when the prophetic word comes, the prophetic utterance comes, what's the first thing we see? is the promotion of that word. But what we don't realize before the promotion, there's a cutting. In every season where God wants to take you from strength to strength and from glory to glory, there's some stuff that can't go with you into the next season. That God's not going to just walk past. Are you with me? Because love will stand with you as long as you want to stand there. Grace will stand with you as long as you want to stand there. Grace will love on you as long as you want to stand there. But He's not going to put the new wine into an old wineskin. You see, when they had to go into the, into the promised land, it says they came out, they saw the miracles of God. They came, they got the, 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 the Ten Commandments on the mountain. Two years later, they come, they're going to cross over. They're still experiencing miracles because God caused water to come from a rock. This is three million people almost. So it wasn't a clean stream, Mickey. It was water. You with me? Pillar of fire by night, cloud by day. Miracles all around them. They come to the place. They must go in. Twelve go in. They come back with a bad report. Ten comes back with the evil report. They say, no, we can't go in. God says, okay, I love you. But it doesn't mean you're going to get the new. I'm going to keep you in the wilderness. I will still take care of you. I will feed you. 
I will protect you. Your clothes won't even be torn, messed up, whatever. I'll still take care of you. Your provisions will be there. But you're never going to be able to possess what I have for you. This is the difficulty that many people struggle with in every season. We want the glory. We want to see God's glory. We want to experience the fruitful life. We want to be fruitful in the kingdom. But He cutteth, precedes the season of glory. You see, even I give to say, last season's excellence is this season's mediocrity. It don't fly anymore. God's moved already and He's wanting us to catch up in the season. The reason why I'm saying this to you is because when this word is coming out now, everybody in this church should be in a connect group. You can either treat it as a suggestion or as an instruction. The thing is, you can't get up at the end of the day and say, you see what happens is these seasons come. Those that are obedient. Now obedience is not law. Ooh, 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 ooh. Obedience is not law. Obedience is tied to faith. Because if you truly believe Him, you will do whatever He says. Mary says, she says, whatever He says for you to do, do it. That's faith. Because faith has works. And your works are works of obedience to the instruction that God is giving. You see, when God brings a prophetic word from the altar, it's to save your life. So you can't come next season and you did not uh, do what was required of you and people pass you by and then you stand and say, yeah, but you know what the Lord... No, the Lord did nothing. You did not. It's going to take a not normal obedience in the season. Hear me? You've got to get up and say, well, I don't care how I feel. I don't care that it's winter. Yeah, it's colder now. And now to get up earlier in the morning to pray is like, sure, I sacrifice. You know what I'm saying? But you've got to get up in the morning and pray. Get into a connect group. Yes, it's not easy. Yes, I've got a family. Yes, I've got children. Yes, I've got to do all these things. But you know what? This is the thing that's going to save you. This is the thing that's going to save your family. This is the thing that's going to bring you through the season. And when you look back, you're going to thank God that you did not normalize yourself. You're going to thank God that you did what you needed to do. You're going to thank God that that thing that needed to be cut from your life is cut from your life. Amen. I think I'm done. I just want to, the thing is for me, I believe my mission here this morning, is that we transition with what God is doing. Don't just treat the season like it's normal. Because if you do, you're going to get a normal result. You see, the last one is that God is not normal. There is nothing normal about our Father. But church has normalized Him. How do I know? Look at the expectation of people. Look at people's expectation when they engage with God. I was so challenged in this last season when this word came out. It's like when I went to prayer, I'm like, sure, okay, so what is my expectation level at the end? Am I doing this as a religious act of service? Or am I truly understanding that I'm meeting God most high? That when I step into this prayer closet, I've got access to all of my Father. Who is the creator of the universe? The one who has all power available to change anything in my life. The one who has called me. The one who made me. The one who ordained me. The one who assigned my purpose. The one who assigned my destiny. The one who will give me his thoughts. The one who desires my healing. The one who has provided for my healing. The one who has made provisions for me. The one who has established everything in place for my life to go the distance that he requires for me. Am I understanding who I'm meeting this morning? Am I understanding? Hear me, there's two scriptures I want to go and then we're going to end. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 in the Amplified. It says, Now to him who by in consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us is able to carry out his purpose and do listen to me super abundantly far over and above all that we dare ask or think listen to this infinitely beyond our highest prayers desires thoughts hopes and dreams what was my highest prayer 
Mickey Mouse. <laughs> Mickey Mouse. You see, when I can come before my father and say, you know what? I'm praying for revival amongst our youth. That it will break out in one place, but it will go and spawn through schools. It will go through every generation. It will hit on every level, on every social media platform that the revival is going to break out. You know I me? Mean? That can be my highest prayer, but he can do infinitely beyond my highest prayer. Because he's not normal. Don't bring God down to your level. Let him be elevated to where he should be. There's a question that he asked in the book of Genesis. I'm done. I don't want to in the book of Genesis, he says, Is there anything? I think I gave you the scripture. He says to Sarah, He says, The Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah love saying, Surely I shall be a child since I'm old? Is there anything? <laughs> Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Is there anything too hard for the Lord? He says to Moses, do you believe my hand is wax short? Moses, how are you going to feed all these people worshiping God? He says, how are you going to feed all these people? How are you going to even think of giving them meat? You're saying, just give them meat. How am I going to give them meat? He says, I'm going to give them meat from my because is my hand wax too short? Am I not able? Do I not have that ability to feed three million people meat? stuff that you're dealing with in your life right now that you need to break free from today. You see, there's things that you're accepting that you shouldn't accept. And the things that you're accepting that you shouldn't accept is normalizing. There's stuff that's happening in your life that you just brush for you. You know, you almost evolve in a way to live with it. Is that scriptural? Then kick it out. That's number one. Number two is that we need to break into the season that God has got for us. That you've got to begin to see yourself differently. You've got to begin to value yourself differently. Young people, you've got to understand the value that God has put on the inside. The decisions that you make, you need to look at and say, would God who made me want this to be for me? And if not, cut it from your life. As difficult as it may seem. But in order for you to come into what God has got for you, you've got to release what you need to release in the season. You've got to get let go of mindsets, of dependencies, of relationships. Anything that is holding you back from receiving what God has got for you in this season, you have to break free from today. And moving forward, you've got to open up your life to God and say, Father, wherever there's been limitations in my thinking concerning you, break those limitations. However I need to step out in faith in this next season, I'm going to step out. Whatever you're going to ask me to do, I'm going to do it. That's why if you start with the bare minimum to get up, to pray, and to be a part of a connect group, you're going to see what God is going to begin to do. Because all you're doing is you're jumping into the river. Because there's a move. You can stand next to that move and not experience that move. But it's not his fault. It's only ours. Amen.